Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with my guy Nathan Marzion. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. You can follow myself at Sparky Radio, another edition of Green and Growing. And of course, uh, when we talk about Green and Growing, you can download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast app. This, I think, you could consider maybe a trap game with the Boston Celtics looming next. And we'll get into our Bucks celtics preview uh, coming up a little bit later in the podcast. We'll also get into the Bucks and their clutch shooting numbers. Nathan Marzian had a tweet about that uh, earlier in the week. We'll get into that, too, in our second segment. But gonna first start talking about the Mavericks uh, and the Wizards. We'll start off with the Wizards first, as that game just ended here on Monday night as we record this. It appears... Now, Giannis and Lillard have kind of figured this thing out a little bit uh, because both of them have offensively been able to get going. Uh, one of those adjustments, uh, because Damian Lillard asked uh, the head coach to make the adjustment, was he wanted to play the whole first quarter and not get pulled. Uh, and our head coach, uh, as we've seen before with Adrian Griffin, he just, players want it? Fine, let's do it. Like Let's give it a shot. If it doesn't work, then we're going to go back to my way. But if you think this will make everything better, then let's roll with it. And he's given them that opportunity, and it seemingly has worked. 142-129, Bucks over the Wizards. Giannis, 42 points, 13 boards on 20 of 23 shooting, and 8 assists. Uh, a great night for Giannis. Lillard with 22. All 5 Bucks starters in double figures, plus 17 off the bench uh, for Bobby Portis. Uh, and a, a great offensive performance uh, by Giannis yet again, who's been on a roll to start the season. As I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, might he win another MVP uh, if they end up being the one seat in the Eastern Conference? I thought Lillard might be MVP, but it doesn't appear like Giannis is going to allow that to happen. It appears Giannis is on a mission from God uh, that he is going to show out this year because he has Damian Lillard on his team. And I'm I'm here for it if that's what this is going to be. Yeah, he's been absolutely dominant. Last six games, he's shooting over 70% from the field and not taking as many threes, which I love. Like he's Thank just God. getting he's just getting to the paint. He's hitting those mid-ranges too, which is awesome. Um, he had a couple tonight, and I, I thought tonight was kind of perfect with how he played it. Like he knew I can get to the paint whenever I want. It's like it was like that Pacers game where it was just there's nothing stopping me from getting, you know, close to 50 tonight if I want to. And just kept going to the paint, kept scoring. 20 of 23 from the field is absolutely nuts. And then there was a couple times where he took mid-ranges when they when they gave them to him, and he knocked him down. I think he was two for three on mid-range. So it was kind of just a perfect Giannis game in that sense and also had eight assists, which was awesome. And guys are knocking down shots. Um, what did they shoot overall from three? 11 of 29, so not even anything special. 37.9%. Yeah, 58.5% yeah. from the field. 
Yeah, pretty average, but the two-point stuff for both teams was absolutely nuts. I mean, both teams were just getting to the rim at will, scoring at will. I think the this was a little bit of a, you know, and so and obviously a lot of it was just bad defense from the Bucks, but I think some of it is also just to they're looking ahead to Boston. They're saying, let's we can get a little bit lazy with this one and probably still win. We don't have to expend a ton of energy on this game. And I don't think they had a, a ton of motivation to try super hard defensively tonight. And I mean, again, for a reason, they still won the game and ended up winning, you know, by what, what how much they end up winning by I don't even what the final was 13, 13. 129 ended up winning by 13, even though they, you know, really struggled defensively. And um, so I think it was kind of just one of those things. Andre Jackson didn't play. I'm guessing this was some type of scheduled off day for him because I don't understand why else he wouldn't play, but I'm expecting to see him against Boston. I'm expecting the defense to look sharper against Boston when they actually are, you know, ramped up a little bit and like, okay, let's, you know, have a little bit more motivation to uh, to play better defensively. But overall, I mean, Giannis looked great. Dame hit his, you know, his three-point shots coming along. Um, still wasn't amazing from the field, but the last few games, three of six from three, four of 11, five of 10, four of 10. So those are numbers that he was shooting like 26% coming into those four games, but he's been much better from three lately. Getting that shot back, still getting to the line, and um, – you know, I'm he's still at 22 tonight, 22, five and seven, and only one turnover. So, you know, I, I thought it was a great game. I thought Chris looked fantastic. Um, struggled so bad in the first quarter. Like Chris looked terrible in the first quarter, and then comes out in the second quarter, has a five minute stretch where he looks awesome. I think he had 10 points and like four assists in that stretch. Ends up 18, six and seven in just 23 minutes, six of 12 from the field, and he looks awesome. You know, doing his thing, but. Yeah, overall it was it was a uh, great offensive performance, and then you know again obviously it wasn't a good defensive performance, but yeah. All right, so let's talk about a couple of things here uh, that I've picked up on Mavericks and Wizards game, both of them I guess to a certain degree, and really kind of throughout the first part of the season when I, it, it's becoming more of a thing. We all talked about Giannis and Lillard and running that two man game and so forth, and they have done that a little bit more recently. I'll tell you the two-man game I'm kind of enjoying here is Lillard and Brooke Lopez. Uh, that seemingly has worked really well to this point. Uh, Milton and Giannis have worked together a little bit on that too. Uh, but the Lillard and Lopez thing uh, is intriguing and, um, and fun uh, for me to watch to this point. What are some of the nice things you like to see on the offense to this standpoint, Nathan? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Um, overall, I mean, offensively, it's been like the, they've gone more to the pick and roll. And I think that they've definitely been doing more Dame Giannis stuff. We saw it like the first part of the season. They weren't really, it's felt like Dame and Giannis, we kind of talked about, they were doing their own thing. Like they were almost kind of just playing their own game and they weren't using each other as much as they should have been. 
things just weren't flowing. But the the la- I mean, really, since the start of the season, like since the first four games, you know, since very very early, they've they've been good at at just the the flow, the ball movement, and what I love tonight was again, you kind of had spurts where obviously Giannis dominated most of the game. But then you had a spurt where, where Dame kind of dominated in the end of the first. You had a spurt where Chris kind of dominated at the beginning of the second. And Dame comes in and late hits a three. Like, it feels like they're playing, you know, together more and they're just kind of complementing each other much better. So, overall, the, the offense has been so, so much better. They're number two right now in, in half-court offense in the league. And, um, honestly, with performances like this, could be end up number one in that. So, and then guys are just making shots. Like the role players are hitting shots. Campaign is shooting like 50-something percent from three. Um, they're they're making their clutch threes. Beasley continues to be lights out from three. And again, Dame's picking it up. So it's like obviously just making shots from the outside helps a ton. Were you surprised that A.J. Green, not only did he get run in that last game against the Mavericks and then comes back and gets run here early uh, in this one for the Bucks, and they continue to give him run in the second half. You talked about not having Ajax out there. Uh, and I'm not going to say it's that it's because AJ Green is that guy, but a, again, when when the ball goes up with that dude, I feel like everybody in the arena thinks it's going to go in. At least when he's at home uh, in Milwaukee, uh, and defensively, I don't know, tries hard. Maybe that's what you say about AJ Green's defense because athletically, he's probably not the the most athletic guy. Uh, so he's out there for his shooting, but that's only good if these guys are going to pass the ball to the wings uh, when they're going to the rim. Tonight was one of those nights where Giannis did not care about passing the basketball. He was going to finish uh, at the rim or the backboard each and every time. Do you think it's something that we'll see now going down the stretch, or do you think it's just a two- or three-game thing here, Adrian Griffin kind of feeling his his bench out a little bit, giving A.J. Green a little bit of run here and see if he can catch fire? No, I do think that he'll get minutes. I mean, with with how consistent he's been shooting the ball, and tonight he was 0 for 3, but – He's been usually when he's in there, he's making shots and he's, you know, he showed it last game against Dallas, made one yep. in the fourth, too, like a clutch one. As you said, he's he's one of the guys that when he shoots, you feel like the ball's going in. And I don't ever expect him to be playing large minutes consistently, but he's someone that I I want to see play most games and play in spurts and like, you know, again, just if all of a sudden your offense gets a little stagnant or you just are a little bit cold from three. Him and Andre Jackson are kind of both that way where I'm like, they're spurt guys. Like that's how they should be kind of used right now. Well, they're, you know, they're, they're still young. They're not completely trustworthy for long periods of time, but if the defense is struggling, throw Andre Jackson in there. If the offense is struggling to shoot the ball, throw AJ Green in there and just see if they can give you that kind of spark. Um, You know, again, they're obviously on different sides of the ball. AJ Green's giving you more offense and Andre Jackson's giving you more defense, but throw them in there when you kind of need what they give you. So um, I, I like that they threw uh, AJ Green in there. And um, like you said, it wasn't really the night for him because it was kind of just you realize pretty quickly, okay, this is going to be just Giannis yep. getting to the paint yep. and then Rook too, kind of getting to the paint and just using the big guys and, and dominating down low. It wasn't really a night for a ton of three-point shots. But in other games, it's not like that. You know, In other games, it's going to be more threes. It's going to be more Giannis kicking it out to the wing, um, defense collapsing on him and stuff like that. So. Him and Andre Jackson, I think, are, are should be spurt guys and guys that play most games but aren't playing, you know, a, a ton of huge minutes. 
hey, uh, I, I don't want to point out that you're maybe shortchanging our guy Andre Jackson a little bit, but he's hit a couple from downtown now, Mars. Yeah, right. he's hit a couple. I know. And every time he hits one, you you kind of hear Marcus Johnson like, oh, like he doesn't expect oh, it to go in either when he shoots it like everybody else. But he's hit a couple here. I mean, if he becomes a three and D player, okay, now you you legitimately got something. He's shown he can pass. He's shown that he can play some defense. He follows a bunch, but that's to be expected for a guy that's asked to play defense. And that's something that Griffin has said from the start. This is not Mike Boonholzer where I'm going to yell at you if you follow somebody. You know, be aggressive. They get, they, they call foul, they call foul, but be aggressive. Uh, and he's been aggressive, and he's had good minutes to this point of the year, even though he didn't play against the Wizards. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know he's hit his threes, but it's not something I'm counting on to continue. I mean, the, the shot's still ugly and it's just, I, he's never been a reliable three point shooter throughout his basketball career so far. I, I mean, I could be wrong on that. Maybe he just randomly is, you know, makes 40% of his threes in the NBA, but I, it's just, not something I want to count on him, him being a three point shooter for us, but props to him that he has done that so far and hit his, you know, limited amount of threes. Um, Cause that was not something I expected. No, not at all. What about your guy, Bobby Portis, being in the running for sixth man of the year early on. This dude has been just all offense off of the bench so far this year. Like every night you look, he's in double figures uh, and he's doing something, whether it's at home, whether it's on the road and double figures uh, again tonight for Bobby Portis. He's playing as well as you possibly could ask him to play from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. And I mean, I told you during the off season pretty much, cause I I've been vocal about wanting to, you know, try to trade Bobby and um, see what you can get for him and turn him into a defensive guy. But I told you, you know, he's going to have a ton of regular season double doubles and put up his 15 and 10. And, you know, there games like games where I think games where it's especially important is games where Giannis and Dame are a little bit off and you're kind of looking for someone else to all of a sudden pick up the offense. And he's usually there to do that. Very valuable, you know, in the regular season. I love what he's bringing. And he's been, you know, he's definitely been a reliable bench scorer for us. So, I mean, I'm still in the try to possibly trade him to get a defender camp, but I am pleased with his offense. But again, I've, I've never once been like, I want to trade Bobby because he sucks offensively. No, right. it's, I won't. It's, I know what he gives you offensively um, in the regular season. I know he's going to be a six man of the year candidate going to get you a bunch of double doubles. And, you know, again, put up around 15 and 10. It's just a matter of the, the playoff stuff. Go back to that game uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. What was your thoughts over the weekend on that one? By the way, before you say that, Jason Kidd looks good, y'all. I mean, he looks good. I mean, he's older than me, and he looks younger than me by a lot. He lost some weight. He's thin. He, he he's, he's looking pretty good, Jason Kidd. Uh, but that Mavericks team, uh, again, you know, they've got two great guys in Luka and Kyrie. Uh, and then after that, it's kind of hit and miss, I feel like, with that Mavericks team. Uh, and they gave the Bucks a tussle. They certainly did. Uh, by the end of the day, as usual, Giannis too much. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was their best win of the season. And it was a game that I did not expect them to win late third quarter, even early fourth quarter, where it was just like, okay, you know, they're they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Hung, hung with them for a while, but it just looks like Luka and Kyrie are going to be too much. And... They're not gonna be able to win this game. Like they're gonna lose, you know, 125, 115, whatever. But again, props to them. They really stepped it up late. Giannis and Dame were super clutch. Um, the shooters were clutch. Pat hit some huge threes. They got just enough stops down the stretch. But that was an awesome, awesome win and one that like really 
that was kind of the win they were looking for of like a, a signature win against a good team. And especially on the second night of a back-to-back and a game you were trailing where you really had to keep pace with, you know, one of the best offenses in the league playing at the top of their game, you know, Luca and Kyrie were going off, going off and you still were able to keep pace with them. You still were able to win. Giannis was fantastic in the pain in that game. And as he was tonight, he was 14 of 14 from the restricted area in that game. So yeah, that was a, a very, okay. very pleasing game. I'm going to tell you what I didn't like. And it worked, but I'm still going to tell you I don't like it and I don't want to see it in a meaningful game. I don't want him handling the ball in the closing moments of a game and deciding I'm going to go shoot a mid-range jumper. Like, I know it went in and we're all happy about that. It was a big shot with like 30-some seconds to go in the game. 33 seconds, I think it went have been or something like that. Um, and, as soon as he started, once he brought the ball up and looked Lillard off, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Come on, dude. I mean, I know it's kid and you want to be kid and whatever. Fine, I get it. But I don't want to see this stuff in a playoff game. Like that ball should always be in Lillard's hands in the closing moments of a game when you need a basket. Not saying Lillard has to shoot it. You can pass it to Giannis, you know, pick and roll, do whatever you want to do. I don't want him handling the ball uh, in that situation. Again, I'm not going to overreact because it's a regular season game against Dallas. Who cares? Uh, But I I prefer not to see that too much. I, I don't, as we've said before, you know, when talking about this stuff, I don't disagree. Obviously, the number one thing you should be trying to do is get the ball to Dame. That should be your primary offense late and just in general. Yep. But once again, I am never going to blame the best player in the world for, you know, taking the ball up once or twice. And as long as it, you know, again, if it works, great. If it if he takes it up, as we said, this was in the in the Pacers game. Um, I know Dame didn't play in that game, but we were talking about how in that Pacers game, Giannis was going off and late in the late in the game, you know, he was kind of the one handling the ball instead of Chris. Turn it over a few times, missed a couple shots, they end up losing the game. And it was why did they give you on? Like, I can't blame him for doing that a couple times when he's having a great game. And, you know, if he's just feeling himself a little bit, I don't want to take him threes, but those mid range shots he has been pretty good at. I definitely like trust him to hit mid range shots more than the uh, three point shots. I just I can't get too mad at him for doing that once or twice. If it's not, if it doesn't work the first time, okay, then probably you should definitely give it up the next time. I just I I'm not the type of guy that's just like you have to all the time, every single time. As soon as you get the ball, get it to Dame, get it to Dame, get it to. Dame. I just can't do that. It's Giannis. Like this is the best player in the world. I know he, I know the primary thing should be give the ball to Dame, but there's going to be times where no Giannis, go do your thing. You're a freaking amazing basketball player, and yeah, if it's a meaningful game. That happens. You'll hear me yelling at your house from Oak Creek. Promise you. All right, take a quick time out. Back after this on Green and Green, we'll talk clutch numbers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, back on Green and Growing. Make sure to download Green and Growing on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast ad. Also, you can stream us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Earlier this week, our guy Nathan Marzian put out a tweet about the Bucks' clutch shooting numbers. I believe it was after the Mavericks game this weekend, if I'm right on that, Nathan Marzian. Uh, and you went and put a bunch of stuff out there. So I figured for those people that maybe aren't on Twitter or X or whatever they call it, uh, maybe we can go over some of those numbers and how impressed you are by how good the Bucks have done in big moments this year. Yeah, so it's not necessarily just their shooting, but just overall their offense and defense in the clutch. This is defined as last five minutes of the game, and it's five points or less differential. And they have been the, I think now, if I, I can bring it up super quick, but I think now they are the number one, maybe number two team in the clutch. So they're number one in net rating, they're number four in offensive rating and their number three in defensive rating in the clutch. So when, you know, push comes to shove and this game and the game gets late and it's a, you know, five point game or less, they are just executing at a super high level. They're getting it to Dame. They're running the pick and roll. They're getting good looks. Even defensively, they're amping up the intensity and they're playing well defensively. They have just been a super good clutch team pulling out these, these close games. Something that we definitely, as we saw in the playoffs, struggled with under bud and struggled with, with drew holiday. Not that, and drew holiday was a pretty clutch shooter. Like he randomly would make clutch shots, but just the offense was always stagnant late. The offense, you could never trust late. They didn't run a lot of good stuff late. And it was, you know, again, we saw that in those last two games against Miami where they had leads and they just completely evaporated and collapsed down the stretch. This team is not doing that this year. This is a team that you trust late that you, you know, if the game's close, even if they're down a little bit, you're kind of like, all right, I feel like we're going to win this game. Cause we're getting date. We got Dame, we got Giannis get Chris in there. They kind of put their best lineup in and it seems like they just, you know, go to work. Um, the lineup with, and Jay Crowder is out right now for a while, but the, the lineup with Jay Crowder was a, a, a very successful one late. So that's a huge thing just for, you know, again, the playoffs and later down the road to keep in mind is just how good this team has been in close games. Um, and again, because that was one of the things they struggled with under Bud and with Drew Holiday is is being able to just close out teams and be good down the stretch. How much credit are we going to give to Adrian Griffin uh, if this continues throughout the year where this team is able to, you know, win close games in the end uh, by hitting big shots in the last minute of a game, last 30 seconds of a game, Versus how much of this is going to be, man. See, I told you, Dame Lillard's a bad, bad man. That's that. That's what he's going to bring. Because I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. I think Adrian Griffin's going to get zero credit, a zero credit 
for every game they win at the end. It's going to go all on Lillard uh, or Giannis if he hits a big shot or Middleton. Uh, more so than anything else. I think the only chance Griffin's even talked about in this scenario is if they end up not being able to get a shot off in the end of a game scenario, or they don't get a good look in an end of game scenario, then I think Adrian Griffin gets blamed. But I don't think Adrian Griffin will get an iota amount of credit from Bucks fans uh, if they continue to play well in the clutch at the end of games. I think it depends on who you're asking. If you're asking a, a super casual observer, casual fan, maybe not even like a not a not a Bucks fan, they would probably just attribute that to oh, it's just Dame and and that's about it. But the people that are watching the games consistently and seeing that they're actually you know running good offense late and it, there's there, it should go all around. You know, obviously it's the players making plays, it's Dame making his shots late, but it's also Griffin drawing up some good stuff and um, you know Giannis also really deferring to Dame most of the time in those situations. You got to give him credit for that too. Um, again, he hasn't been perfect with it. Like there's still times he takes the ball up. There's times he takes the shots, but I'd say 90% of those possessions have been give it to Dame Giannis as a screener, which is what you want late in games, ideally. So kind of credit goes around. And I think the people that are watching consistently and, you know, again, if it keeps up throughout the season, Griff will get his credit. You know, people will will look at that and say, okay, that's a coach that knows how to execute late and knows what to go to late. Because again, that's the thing. I just feel like Bud never had a go-to thing late. It was just, all right, Giannis, kind of do, do something. And, you know, they didn't really do the Chris Giannis pick and roll as much as they should have late. It, they didn't, like, they just kind of always thought Giannis should bring the ball up and he should be our primary initiator all the time. And it's like, no, late in a game, like that should not really be the case. It should be Chris bringing it up more and Giannis, you used off ball and it, they're kind of finally starting to do that. The person listening to this podcast right now is going to say this, Nathan, that's great about your comment on Bud, but if Bud had Damian Lillard instead of Drew Holiday, how much better would Bud have looked in late game scenarios if Damian Lillard was on that Bucks team instead of Drew Holiday? Well, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not saying all the credit should go to Griffin. I'm saying he does deserve some of it because even when, even in the games that, and again, we can we can look at that Pacers game. Like Giannis did a couple of times go try to take the initiative himself, but they did run like four plays late through Chris Middleton, and that didn't work either. Like it, it didn't end up working out in that game. Right. But even the games that Dame was missing, or the game that Dame was missing, and it did come down to the clutch. Um, they they went more towards Chris a little bit and in more than they would have under Bud, I think. And I just think they're definitely overall using Giannis off ball more, particularly in late game scenarios and just recognizing that that's probably the best way to use him rather than, you know, again, having him bring the ball up with two minutes, one minute left um, and try to do something himself. So again, it should go all around. It shouldn't be all on Griffin. It shouldn't be all on Lillard. It shouldn't be all on Giannis. It should just be kind of a mix. And all right, let's go talk to some of these comments on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page right now as we're live streaming this bad boy. Q says, what did you guys think of the first half minutes for AJ Green? Q, I will tell you, you can go back when the podcast is posted tomorrow morning uh, and listen to it. But uh, I think Nathan and I both uh, were relatively happy. We saw this with Dallas and that Mavericks game over the weekend. Him get some run uh, and then he gets minutes and Jackson doesn't. All that we kind of talked about earlier in the podcast. Go check it out on your Odyssey app or you download your favorite podcast at. Kenny Mack says, let's go Bucks with some uh, muscle emojis. Daniel Joseph says, go Bucks. Hey, uh, good to see you still going, Spark. I used to listen to the big show for years. Daniel, do you know what was something that was uh, very prominent with the big show and for the station for all those years? The toy drive. And guess what? It's still going. 17th annual fan toy drive, Kiss FM. Now a partner with us is next week. 
That's right. Next week, Monday through Friday at Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Old Creek on Rawson Avenue. Same place it's always been for 17 years. Right there off of I-94 East on Rawson, about uh, two, three minutes down the road on the right-hand side. Bring some brand new toys. Uh, you can donate online right now at 1250amthefan.com. Just click on the Toy Drive link. And you can donate online if you'd like to all the way through uh, next Friday, I believe it is. Uh, and of course, all goes for Children's Wisconsin and Robin's Nest and hoping, hoping, hoping that people can spread the word and we can do some good things uh, this year. We we did pretty good last year, not nearly as good as we did pre-COVID, uh, but still, we brought in a fair amount. I think we did 80000 uh, in toys and cash last year. Not to put that in perspective, pre-COVID, our last toy drive pre-COVID was over 200000 in toys and cash. Uh, we fill up a, le- a legitimate semi the Blaine's Farm and Fleet provides, um, and it is awesome. I mean, there's nothing better than helping kids at the holidays and helping kids throughout the year, Children's Wisconsin and uh, Robin's Nest, which is the foster arm of that. So I uh, hope to see everybody out there. And if you can't make it again, donate online at 1250amthefan.com. All right, let's take a quick time out. We'll come back and we'll look ahead to Bucks and Celtics. That's up next here on Green and Growing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back on Green and Growing, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Nathan Marzian. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Bucks, Celtics coming up Wednesday night. I'm going to remind everybody before we get into this. It's a regular season game in November. This is not end of the world stuff if they lose this game. Just, I'm going to start there. It's not end of the world if they lose this game on Wednesday night. Okay, now that I've said that, Marzian, uh, go ahead. It's I'm I'm not even looking forward to it because Celtics fans are going to be lined up, ready to come at you if they win this game. Right. I mean, you know, that. and either I I'm telling you right now and people are and and I have what 75 people on my Twitter right now on my Twitter stream. Listen to this. I am not if the Bucks win the game on Wednesday, I am not at all, not even a single bit going to take a victory lap at all, because this game does not mean Jack for like actually, you know, Okay, what would it like and anything super meaningful? Will it be nice to beat that team? Yes. Will it be a nice confidence booster of like we can beat the Celtics? Yes. But there like there's no reason to go crazy celebrating if they win and act like, you know, we're winning the finals easily and the Celtics suck and blah blah blah. And, you know, I, there there's no reason for that and there's no reason to be super gloomy if they lose and say we can't hang with this team. We we there's no chance of us beating Boston. They're on a different level. We need to make a ton of trades to be able to compete with this team. It's I'm not looking forward to it because I Twitter is a place of overreactions one way or the other, depending on what happens. 
And I, this is a game that should not have any overreactions. I want to just enjoy a good basketball game. Hopefully the Bucs win. I want to see them play decently well against the, this team and, you know, a, a good game. But I, it's going to be so many overreactions one way or the other, and I'm just dreading it. Marzian, are you going to be out and about? Because Wednesday night is a big uh, night to go out. If everybody goes out drinking, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I will be. You are I will be after the game, after the game. So if they win, yes, will I be in a good mood? Like, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be happy if they win this game and you shouldn't be a little bit upset if they lose. But just to to take anything more away from it other than like, hey, that was a that was a really cool win or, oh, man, they, they lost, you know, tough, tough game is dumb. Like, don't take this. Don't take this game in freaking November and say, this is what's going to happen in the play. Oh, we, this is this right. is exactly how we match up with them. Like, it's I just I again, I can already see it happening. I can see it one way or the other. Yes, Bucks fan, and and I don't want our fan base to embarrass themselves if we win and be all up in everyone's faces and taking victory laps on the Celtics and acting like you know we just won the finals because we beat right. them in November and, because that's just like no, like we shouldn't do that, you know. And all right, let me again. Ask you I'm this. not gonna. I'm not gonna tweet. I'm telling you right now, and I'm gonna say this before the game. If the Bucks win. I will not tweet at a single Celtics fan. I will not be taking a single victory. While like, sober. The, what? While yeah. Sober. I, okay. Get get a few drinks in me and maybe I'll tweet something a little bit, a little bit edgy, but um, it will not be like, I will not be, I will not be victory lapping. And that's why I'm going to laugh when, you know, the, I know if, if we lose and I'm predicting us to lose this, the Celtics just lost. I think they're going to play better on Wednesday. I think they are the better team right now. And so I'm I'm predicting us to lose, and I know Celtics fans are gonna jump in my mentions and take every victory lap possible and act like this is the NBA finals and we just lost All to right. them. Let me ask you this. That 48 minutes podcast that had Giannis on it, remember? Um earlier, was that later in the offseason? I think it was, whatever the case was. Uh we had Bruce on from there, a former ESPN executive for like 30 or 40 years, whatever the case. Maybe he has a ton of stories, all that. I think he's writing a book. He reached out to me because he wanted to come on our podcast to preview the Celtics, but we were doing it tonight and they're taping, they're recording their 48 minutes podcast uh, tonight as well. So can't do it. But he asked me something and I'm going to ask you, Nathan Mars, what he asked me. He texted me this uh, and I'm not going to tell you my response. I want to see what your response is uh, first. And remember now, Bruce, uh, he is a Celtics fan. He's lived out on the East Coast his whole life. Uh, He says, uh, I would ask you this. Although I know how much you needed to get Lillard, is there a part of Milwaukee fandom that would want a do-over if they knew Boston would get Drew as part of it? I said, no, that that does not exist. Uh, but I will ask you, if you knew Drew was going to Boston, would you still make the Lillard trade? No, let me th- I, I think I would make that 101 times out of 100 if I had to estimate. Um I hate that. I hate that narrative. I hate that, that like, oh, the Bucks maybe secretly made the Celtics better and it decreased their chances of winning by making the Dame, like, get out of here. They, they knew trading Drew. There's a chance he can go anywhere. Like, they yep. know that. They're not, they're not, like, they don't have some agreement that Drew's not going anywhere else and that's the only reason they made the trade. Like, they know, okay, Drew could very well end up in Philly. He could end up in Boston. He could end up anywhere. It doesn't matter. We wanted Damian Lillard. We wanted to have the better point guard. We wanted to get a better player on our team. Like, there, there's not anyone that thinks like we would feel worse playing Boston when we have Lillard and they have Drew than us having Lillard and them not having Drew. 
or than us having Drew and them not having uh, Drew. Like, we are in such a better shape, in my opinion, and I think most would agree. You know, just going into the playoffs and in general with Lillard, we don't have to do this comparison of, well, the Celtics with Drew and all this stuff. Like, it, it's, I'm, I think it was a good move of the Celtics to get Drew. I think that they countered us nicely, but not a single part of me when that happened was like, oh man, I would do no, over that trade. No. I'll not say a single this. part. If the Celtics got Lillard and the Bucks stayed with Drew, that would have been different. Then that would have well, yeah. made them a serious uh, threat yeah. as far as being the favorite to win the East. That would have been a problem for the Bucks, even though you said it, and I agreed with you when you said it before we knew this was going to happen. That well, let's say Lillard does go to Boston or Miami or whatever. That the one guy that you would want to put on the floor to defend Lillard, who matches up the best with him, is Drew Holiday. That's why, from a Celtics fan standpoint, yes, they got Lillard, but we got probably the best chance we have of defending this dude one on one. Bruce's response to me was. Uh, well, it's all about the intangible Sparky. Uh, okay, I agree with you. He's a good dude, like great locker room guy, whatever. But Is they needed not? Is not right. But they needed offense. This team needed offense more than anything else. And Holiday, as much as we like him, wasn't the most consistent offensive player in the playoffs. And we're assuming and hoping that Damian Lillard will be. And there's no reason to think he won't be. Uh, and that's why you make the deal. Yeah, you lose defense. I get it. But Lillard, like you said, isn't a bad locker room guy or anything of the sort. I think what's going to happen, and we'll see, but they're going to need Porzingis to score more than that. I think they realize they need Porzingis to score when they get to the playoffs. Like he's going to have to get them, what, 15 to 20 points a night, Marzian, probably in the playoffs, because you can't look at Holiday and rely on him to get you 20 points to go along with Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown. Yeah, and and Porzingis has been scoring decently well. I mean, he's averaging almost twenty right now. Yep. Um, and That's Drew's only averaging. Yeah, and Drew's only averaging, I think, like twelve or thirteen or something like that. So he's he's taking like he's just not having as much of a scoring load on him, which is good for Drew. Like I don't, I think that's probably where he's best suited at is to not have to put up 18, 20 points a game and be relied on as a huge creator offensively. But, um, you know, again, just to go back to the whole the whole Dame Drew thing. It's like, yes, absolutely. Drew is the the best defender of Dame. Drew is the one guy, if you could handpick a player in the league to say, we're in a series against Dame, we need a defender, you're picking Drew Holiday. And again, it's a good. it was a good counter by the Celtics to get Drew Holiday. But I'd rather just be in the position of the, the team with Dame. Like, it doesn't make it that they're in a better position than us. It's just like, all right, cool. You know, you have Drew, good move. You know, best of luck that he, he can stop Damian Lillard in the playoffs. But I'm putting my money on Drew Holiday, or I'm putting my money on Damian Lillard. I'm putting my money on the better player that is going to come through and having Damian Giannis and, you know, we see how good the offense is now and how much that's clicking. Um, that Like, again, that whole narrative of, like, that was somehow a bad trade because Drew went to the Celtics. I'm so sick of that. And that's the only reason that I really want to see, you know, that the only thing that will make me really, like, maybe take a couple shots at, it tomorrow if, or not, not tomorrow gonna, he's not going to contain himself on wednesday it's not happening i will i will the only the, if i'm you know i'll be a little bit drunk at later on in the night and if we win and dame just torches him like i might i might take a little bit of a jab of like oh yeah they, they didn't get better from the dame trade though something just casual like right that. but again i'm not at all going to treat this as though like oh we won. We're the better we we, we are so much better than boston they have no chance against us haha ha, look at all you like taking victory laps. No, it's not happening. I am 
waiting. We wait until May on to take any victory laps. Once we kick their butts in the playoffs, that's when you take a victory lap because that is the only really thing that matters. These are just good tests. These are fun tests. These are fun to see where you're at, but it ultimately will be v- extremely meaningless come come May. As we close this out, it's uh, 9.02 here on uh, Monday night. Uh, Badgers got a win against Virginia today uh, in college basketball, and Marquette and UCLA tip off at 10.30. 10.30 Central Time. Marquette after at dark? Night. A- at night, 10.30 Central Time. Are you effing kidding me? Seriously? I mean, I know they're in Maui and it's Hawaii and all that stuff, but how in the world are you burying Marquette UCLA at 10.30 at night? And it's 1130 at night on the East Coast. That's where all your big markets are that you're trying to cater to. You bury this thing. Like, I don't know. I think that's horrible. I mean, I'm going to watch it, obviously, but I still think it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Marquette looks good, though. They're going to be uh, a team to contend with for the final four. I would think at this point, as long as they stay healthy, I'm not going to ask Marzian. We all know what he thinks. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Thanks for listening to another edition of Green and Growing. Download on your Odyssey app. Maybe download your favorite podcast at. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of your day.